0: today again we're talking family matters and two specific words that we're going to deal with today love everybody say love and submission come on say submission i got i got a stronger love a weaker submission come on everybody say love and submission all right praise lord now i know that what we're about to discuss what we're about to talk about is not popular. Okay? Because so much of our society does not buy into the word of God. Do y'all agree with me on that? It seems to be countercultural going in the opposite direction of the word of God. Amen. But how many of y'all know that the Word of God is always right? Let me say it again. The Word of God is always right because it is the truth. It never changes. It is consistently right because it is straight from God. And he is the truth. So as we've been reading, as, as we've read through uh, with the Apostle Paul, his epistle to the church, the Colossian church, we come to chapter 3. So let's go ahead and pick up there, chapter 3, beginning at verse 18. I'm just going to read the passage with you. Colossians three 18. we'll pick up there and we're going to read through 21. We won't make it through this whole passage today. We will probably continue this on our Wednesday night Bible study. So, our foundational text here it says, Wives, come on, just read it with me. Read. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Continue. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And verse 21, read. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Amen. Just for good measure. Let's read that one more time. Just for good measure. Verse 18, read. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, husbands, Love your wives and do not be harsh with them, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord, 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Amen. So before we really get into the meat of this today, everybody say, I'm listening, Pastor. Pastor. Before we get into the meat of this today, I want to talk about the culture of Paul as he wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. That's a long time, isn't it? And he came up, as he was writing this, he was living in what is called a Greek-Roman or a Greco-Roman culture. Everybody say Greco-Roman, right? Uh, The Greco-Roman society had what were known as house codes. Everybody say house codes. Say it again, house codes. In other words, the Roman culture, the Greek culture basically said, this is the way to run a house. This is the way the house is supposed to be set up. All right, so everybody say house codes. All right, so the Greco-Roman culture said that there are certain ways to do the house. And it dictated how different members of the household should conduct themselves. So this is the culture that Paul wrote this in. So so look, the man in this Greco-Roman culture, the man was the head of the house, listen, with virtually all power and authority over his wife and children. Right? In Jewish and Greek culture alike, men were the heads of the home and the wives and children had Pretty much no authority. That's pretty much totally different from what we're living in today. In Greek culture, men usually married around 30 years old. And the wives would be in their early 20s or even in their teens. Listen to this. We saw that in the Gospels with Jesus' mother, right? Because she was, what, 14, 15 years old. Married to Joseph, an older man. was thought to be much older than she was. So Greek culture, Jewish culture, the same kind of in that way. So men would be at least 10 years plus older than their wives in marriage, even in Jewish culture. Again, we saw that. So in Paul's day, it was expected that the younger wife would submit to her husband's authority without question. In the greco-roman culture wives were never considered equal to their husbands okay i'm just trying to lay this out because knowing the background of what you're reading it helps you get the full import of what what god has given us amen so a man in paul's day he had total control over his wife his wife was not only to submit but she, w- she was to be ruled by her husband that's basically the thought process all right And the children as well. The children had to obey without question the father. And if the wife did anything that he or the culture considered wrong, the husband had the authority to physically discipline his own wife. Not go to jail, not go to prison. Because he had total control over his house. Y'all see what I'm saying? the children got in line, he could literally make the children leave the house, like banish the children. I mean, it's like the man had the total power in the home, in the Greco-culture, Roman culture. Everything and everyone in the home looked to the man as the primary component of the home, with the wife submitting to her husband, and the children obeying the father without question. So now Paul is right into the Colossian church. Now think about it. You, you have this great, Greco-Roman culture, the Romans, the biggest society, the biggest uh, nation in the world, the most powerful, and this is how they run their homes. Paul is, is writing with, just in the midst of the height of the Roman culture, the Roman society. And Paul is saying to you in the Colossian church, this is what you need to know. Because you have a new life in Christ, listen, the traditional household dynamics are changed. Everybody say, because of new life in Christ, the house has changed. Come on. New life in Christ should change how we engage in our interpersonal relationships. Especially in the home. So Paul begins to discuss household order. Now, now I'm just going to say this on the side. Paul was writing this, understanding that small religions uh, that, that didn't honor the emperor as God, who didn't worship the emperor, if you would, uh, they, you know, small religions would use and say, oh, we, run our, we teach our people to run our households just like you Romans do, because we want to be in line with what you... So Paul understood that by the Spirit of God, that what he was about to say, it couldn't be just totally drastically different, but it had to be touched by the ways of God in the home. Because of the culture, what he's about to teach by the Spirit is not totally different from the Romans, but it is different. The heart of it, the feel of it is different. So the first thing that he says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. I want to talk about this last little part. It says, as is fitting in the Lord. If you have a problem with submission, ladies, and I know it's difficult to submit because that's just not what we're trained to do in this culture. To submit grows out of your reverence. That's why it says, as unto the Lord, as fitting in the Lord, your submission grows out of your worship, your reverence to the Lord. You all hear what I'm saying? R.C. Sproul says it like, like this. He's a great theologian and Bible teacher who has longed to be with the Lord. He says this, it is hard for a wife to submit when she disagrees with her husband. But when she knows that her submission is an act of obedience to Christ and honors Christ, it is much less difficult. So submission, you're submitting to your head, to your husband, because you're honoring Christ in that. Amen? So that's the first thing. So, so first, women, I want to talk to, to those who are not married for a moment. First of all, let me say it like this. Submission means, sub means what? Under mission, right? To come under mission, to come under authority. That's what submission is about. To come under the authority or under the mission, under the guidance, right? That's what submission is all about. So look at this. Women who are not married. I need to talk to you first. Right, let me see. Are there single women in here? Raise your hand if you're single, All right, okay, and some of y'all may may wish to be married one day. I want to ask you this question. If you're dating, you look at that brother, the first test that you need to do is to say, okay, the Bible says I'm supposed to submit to this man in marriage. You need to think to yourself, is this man spiritually strong enough for me to submit to? Because if he's not, look at somebody and say, keep it moving. Come on, just say, keep it moving. Just say, keep it moving. Keep it moving. See, see, see you got to understand. Where at the end of the day, if you're not willing to reverence Christ with the choices that you make, especially this Big choice about the man that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. Prayerfully, Amen. We get divorced so much; it's not all. That's you know, but hopefully, prayerfully for the rest of your life. One of the first thing the Bible said, it, "I got to submit to this man as is fitting to the Lord." So if I'm dating. And I know he's a fool, he's a nut, he's not spiritual, he don't read his Bible, he's not a man of prayer. Look at somebody who just raise your hand if you're single, raise your hand if you're single, come on, raise your hand. Look, find one of them single and just scream and tell them, keep it moving, he ain't the one. Come on, tell keep it moving, he ain't the one. He not the one. You're gonna, look, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to save you some heartache. I'm trying to save you some, some crying and, and, and going to divorce court. I'm trying to save you some money. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you some grief. I'm telling you right now. You can see this is a choice that we all make every day. Am I going to go with God or am I going to go with what I want to do? I tell you, God said, I'll bless you if you go my way. Now, if you go your way and be your God to yourself, now you're going to have to bless yourself in that thing. God is not obligated to bless you when you become God to yourself pastor he's so cute he he got some he got some good ways i i can can shape him i can mold him that man ain't gonna never be shaped he'll never be molded you don't have that much power you think too highly of yourself you don't have that much power come on somebody somebody say keep it moving i should have called this sermon keep it moving Now, as we talk about submission, we're talking about coming under authority, but when you look in the Greek, this word submit, it means to come under authority, but it means to willingly or voluntarily come under authority because the man is not meant to make the woman submit to him. The woman, from the Word of God, says that she's going to voluntarily submit under his headship. Everybody say voluntarily. See, that's the thing. See, so that's one difference from what Paul wrote to what the Greco-Roman culture was. You, you, the, the husband, the head, was like a dictator in the house. But Paul says, no, he's not going to make you in the Christian realm. Those people, you'll feel the spirit. You, you, you have the knowledge of God. You have a new life in Christ. And the way we're going to do the household is, woman, you're going to submit to your husband. Wife, you're going to give yourself to his authority on purpose. Because somebody has to lead. And God's order is that the man, the husband, is leader. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that the woman is, is second class. It doesn't mean that he's, she's not smarter. Because a lot of times, I hate to say it, brothers. I, okay, don't, don't, don't hit me, brother. A lot, no, no, I'm, okay, brother, I'm going to stand back. Brothers, at the end of the day, some of the women, some women are smarter than y'all. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? They're quicker than y'all. They, they, they can see stuff quicker. They, they, all right. So, women are not second class citizens in the home. They they are not second to you. But God says, My order is that I want the brother, the man, to lead my household, my Christian home. And the wife is going to voluntarily fall under his authority. That doesn't mean that she doesn't have a voice. That doesn't mean that she can't say what she disagrees with. That doesn't mean that y'all cannot discuss things. That doesn't mean that y'all can't intensely deal with stuff. But you're going to do it in love. Amen. You're going to do it right. And you're not going to blow the house up, ladies. Because you think your man is making the wrong decision. Look at somebody and say, Don't blow it up. Don't blow it up. Come on, look at somebody and say, Don't blow it up. What, what do I mean by don't blow it up? I mean, at the end of the day, it's hard to submit when you're trying to tell somebody what to do. But past. But past. I can do better than him all the time. Past. He's too slow. Past. He made this man make too many mistakes. I've lost money with this man. I've lost position with this man. I even lost a job because of him. Pastor, this man, he ain't no good. Wait, you shouldn't have married the brother. Pastor, I just don't trust him. I, I know you don't because you married the wrong one. He's too inconsistent. I know he is, but he was inconsistent when y'all was dating. And I tell y'all a secret. That's why it's so important, parents, raise your hand if you're a parent who got a son in here, who got a son. Raise your hand if you got a son in here. Parents who have sons, you need to raise that boy by the power of God and the wisdom of God and the instruction of God. Come on, write this down. Number one, let me just say this about raising sons. You need to raise sons who are mentally strong. What do you mean, Pastor, mentally strong? They need to be good academically. They need to be able to read. They need to be able to speak well. They need to be able to think and reason out. They need to be responsible with their minds. They need to have keen, sharp minds. Nobody wants to marry a dummy. Nobody wants to marry someone who can't think and reason out things in life. Come on, y'all laughing, but you know I'm right because it's a lot of weak-minded brothers walking around looking for somebody to help them figure out life. And And when I say somebody, I mean some woman looking for some woman to help them figure out life. one more time if you're raising sons one more time if you're raising sons especially if they under 18 in your house you got some work to do because one day that son i don't want to get ahead of myself look you need to mentally make sure that they're strong they need to be striving to be academically keen and if your son just failed TCap, you know you're on the wrong path i ain't joking you know, and so you're going to find out this week whether or not he, he on the track to be mentally strong. Y'all laugh. I'm telling the truth, man. You're going to find out this week. TCAP's coming out this week, aren't they? You're going to find out this week whether or not you're on the right track with your son. Because your son should have been one of the ones that's passing TCAP and not having to go to summer school or repeat Another grade. Why? Because you've taken the time to ensure that he's mentally sharp. I ain't getting nothing on that, man. I wish somebody was with me. So you have to raise expectations for your children, you have to raise the academic level for your children. You tell them we ain't accepting C's, D's, and F's in this house. You got to set the line. Draw the step. You got to raise. We're not accepting C's, D's, and F's in this house. Because I guarantee if you're making a C, it's something you don't understand about that class. If you're making a D, you know you out. And if you're making an F, you just should have stayed at home because you ain't doing nothing in the classroom. Just put your name on the paper. You know you ain't doing nothing. So at the end of the day, you got to set a standard. We don't accept C's, D's, and L's. Oh, pastor, it's kind of tough. No, it's not. You got to raise a standard for them to strive for. There's no reason. And like this summer, I heard this yesterday on news, maybe this morning. They said at the end of the day, children are about to be released from school. Y'all, I hope y'all heard their report because they said the number one thing you need to do with your children throughout these next three months. Y'all know what it is? Read. So they won't have that, they call it the summer slide. You got to be reading every day with those boys. So when they get back in August, it won't be like they have lost every brain cell in their brain. Read. Look at somebody say, read with them boy. Grandparents who you, you get them grandbabies, you need to start reading books. I'm gonna tell you why this so the, the next thing, not only mentally strong, but be morally strong. Got to raise his boys to be morally strong. Why, why you say that, Pastor? He needs to develop a, a sense of morality about himself. He needs to be a man, a, a young boy who's going to grow up into a man who understands what integrity is, who understands that when I say something, that's what I'm going to do. When I do something, that's what I've said I'm going to do. You have to be a person of integrity as a man. Mentally strong morally strong and spiritually strong that young man man needs to learn how to read through the bible he needs to learn who god is he needs to start memorizing scriptures you need to work with that little boy why is this so important pastor because one day your sons will want to be husbands who are supposed to be heads of the household. It's hard to be ahead when you need someone to lead you because you're not mentally capable. You're not morally capable and you don't have the spiritual fortitude to lead a wife and children. Why? Because mama, dad, or grandmama, whoever raised little Johnny didn't put that into him early on. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is your responsibility to help disciple that young man so that he can be what God says he's destined to be, head of the household. Men who can't think, who don't know how to pray, who don't know God, who are not morally straight—it's gonna—it's ha- gonna be hard for them to lead someone else. To places they have not gotten to themselves. So it says. Wives. Submit yourselves to your husbands. As is fitting to the Lord. Hmm. So let's go back because I just said, don't blow the house up because the man is making mistakes. Don't blow the house up because you have lost some stuff with this man. Look, look, look at somebody and say, you have to allow that man to grow. Come on, you gotta allow him to grow. You have to allow that man to, to, to increase in understanding. And let me say this, honestly, we have a lot of African-American black young men who are behind. It's just, no. We can't, we can't cover that, we can't sugarcoat it, we can't put another, we can't, put, we can't paint it and make it prettier. That's just the truth of the matter. So before you blow the house up and, and, and not submit, th- this is what I'm going to lead you back to, Colossians 3.12. This is the same chapter, let's just go back, Colossians 3.12. Read it with me. Come on. Therefore, as God's chosen, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. So clothe means to put on this like a pair of, a, a blouse or a pair of jeans. To, or, or literally means to put this quality into your life. Clothe yourselves with what? Compassion. Ladies. You're going to you're gonna have to walk in compassion with your, with your husband. You're going to have to give that brother. You're, <laughs> you're going to have to say, okay, I know where he came from. He, he didn't have a whole lot. I love this brother. I'm going to submit to him. I'm going I'm to give him a chance, and I'm going to give him another chance because he did, he's had no—you're you, going to have to walk in compassion kindness what is kindness what well, first of all compassion it, it, you you're, you're doing something you you feel to the heart with this brother you feel to the you you are walking with passion to the heart with this brother and you're gonna be with him through thick and through thin come on somebody say through thick and through thin I, i'm in compassion I'm, I'm right here with you kindness doing a kind act a nice act with that brother. So when that brother make you upset, when that brother don't do the right decision, you still gotta be kind. See, Courtney just laughed because he's like, oh, I know, Babs, it ain't, it ain't here right there. You <laughs> Everybody say, kind. That means you're doing a nice act towards somebody. Bring that, you know, the brother just messed up. He know it, you know it. Fix that brother some dinner, and say I, I love you, I'm with you. We we gonna and, and bring it to him. Ooh, not what? Pack, bring it to him. What's wrong with serving your husband? Cause he's gonna have to serve you. What's wrong with serving him? No, no better, bring no better. Why not? Why not? You're too good to to be a blessing to your husband. Man probably depressed. Probably lost his job. Probably made the wrong decision. You know he feels lonely. Alone in the house. At least you can bring him to place. I'm with you, baby. I'm with you. Humility. You're going to have to be low with him. You're going to have to. So much pride in marriage, that's why people get divorced. Somebody's too prideful to come down low. Gentle. You have to be gentle with the brother. Because sometimes men they say things wrong. Say, say say things harshly, rashly, too loud, at the wrong time. Gentleness, remember we said what is gentleness? To be gracious. And to what? Be able to withstand insult without being the one who gives it. That's what gentleness is. You can't submit without these qualities. Because that brother you're married to ain't perfect. And he's going to make you mad. That's the joy of marriage, man. I would t- probably made Lucille mad at least a million times in about thirty years, and she made me mad about two thousand. I'll give you two thousand. All right, okay. I probably made her mad way more than. She said, "You know, pastor's hard to live with, boy. You." <laughs> First ladies aren't know. So so. so <laughs> <laughs> gentleness patience what is patience everybody say long suffering so why, why did i pull this scripture back up for for ladies who are trying to submit to their husbands because at the end of the day if you don't have these qualities it's gonna be hard for you to submit because you're gonna be hurt you're gonna be wounded you're gonna be loud you're not gonna have that sweet that sincere spirit that you need to have as a submissive wife. you're gonna be loud boy so you're gonna try to get on his level You're going to be fussing, like I said, blowing up the house. Everybody going to know you mad. You're not submitting. Everybody say, if you're fighting, come on, say, if you're fighting, you're likely not submitting. Come on, you're likely not submitting. Let's keep going. Verse 13, bear with each other. You're going to have to bear with their brother and forgive him. If you have a grievance against him forgive him as the lord forgave you wife y'all do know this is why marriages don't succeed because everybody's out of order in the house and where no one is doing it according to what god's design is so it starts before you get married you need to make sure that the brother that you're going to be attached to for life Is someone you can truly submit to in the Lord. Okay? So next Paul talks to the husbands. Let's go to the next verse. Husbands, read it with me. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. All right, this love of, is, is, of course, agape love. But I want, you to, I want you to write this down because this is very important, and, and I believe in writing notes. This is very important. When he says husbands love your wives, this is not, it doesn't say in the Greek husbands agape your wife. It doesn't say that. It says, I know this is going to be technical. I'm not trying to be technical, but this is so important. It says husbands agapeo." Or it, it, it's taking agapayo. Let me show you how to spell it. A-G-A-P-A-O. It's a form of agape. But it's the verb form. It's agapayo. A-G-A-P-A-O. It's a form of agape. So it's, it's saying agape, but it's saying agape your wife with action. Let me show you. Love your wife with action this word means it's in the present tense anything that's in the present tense it means that it continues over and over again so it means love your wife continually actively demonstrating your love for her that's what this word means it's not just agape but it's agapayo to continually actively demonstrate your love for your wife I'm going to say it again. In other words, watch this. A husband is to actively express his love for his wife continually without stopping. That's what that word means. When it says husband's love, it's the verb form of agape, and it's in the present tense, which means it continues ongoing without stopping. Y'all got it? Y'all take the note on that? So watch this, husbands. The wife should always feel loved because you are continually expressing your love to her daily. Man, if you act like that towards your wife, it's going to be easier for her to what? submit to you so Paul when Paul wrote in this Greco-Roman culture nobody ever said in the ancient writings love your wife they never throw that in there, wife because wife was just like a a piece of cattle a a slave just nothing but Paul elevates the wife and says man if she's going to submit to you in Christ you love her nobody ever wrote nothing like that back then all the ancient stuff from the greeks in the rome they always said everybody submit to the father submit to the husband but paul puts in there love the wife actively demonstrating continually not stopping Man, somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord, right there. Some lady, I should hear a lady clapping or hallelujahs on that one. It goes on to say, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Harsh comes from a word meaning to be bitter. In other words, Paul was saying, love your wives continually, demonstrate, express your love to her. And see, let me, let, me, let me make sure you understand agape. Agape means a type of love that puts the other person above your own need. God is the first example of agape, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus and put him on the cross. That's the agape love that I'm talking about. That love only comes as we have a new life in christ and we have access to that level of love this agape love says that i'm going to demonstrate my love to my wife to such a way that i'm going to put what she needs above what i want to do what i feel no i'm going to put my wife first i'm going to cherish her i'm gonna, she's going to feel how much i love her every day And I'm not going to be harsh with her, which means I'm not going to be irritable. I'm not going to have an irritable attitude. I'm not going to have a bitter attitude toward her because if I have a bitter attitude and I'm harsh, it's going to be hard for her to follow me. As I said Wednesday night in our Bible study, how successful you are at home with your interpersonal relationships tells you how spiritually mature you really are. See, a lot of people think that when you can pray in the spirit and tongues and lay hands on the sick and get all these visions, that shows how spiritually mature you are. No, what really shows how mature you are is how well you can get along with folks in your house. How well you can get. Now, let me tell you something. If you and your wife blowing up the house every day and your children sitting back looking at the, at the wrestling match in your house every day, you know something wrong. They come home from school, they look at each other and say, well, let's just get a seat because the show about to start. Everybody cussing, everybody fighting, slamming doors. Is that the house y'all got? Y'all quiet. Is, it, is that somebody? Am, am, I, am Is the Lord allowing me to look into somebody's house? Because at the end of the day, if that's your house, somebody is not doing the things that God said do. Husband love your wives, wives submit to your husband. That should be what? A, a community of love. It should be a love fest going on in the house. This is for husbands. Let's go back to Colossians 3.8. We should had more of them in here today. Maybe they can hear this at some point. Colossians 3.8. This is what Paul says. And I'm going to say right now, husbands, you need to recognize this. But now you must also rid yourselves. Why? Because you are new in Christ. You have a new life in Christ. So you got to rid yourselves of what? Anger. Oh, I can't stand her. Oh, I wish she could just go somewhere. I'm so sick of her. That's what you're thinking in anger. But what's rage? When that anger, that stuff that you're thinking, it, it, it's an outburst. It comes out. It just spews out in your mouth. Tell everybody how mad you are. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. You shouldn't be cussing out each other. Man, you should not be cussing out your wife. No Christian, raise your hand if you got a Christian home. Can I just tell y'all something? There should be no filthy language in your house coming out of your mouth. Look at somebody and say, stop that cussing. Come on, look at somebody and say, stop that cussing. Why do you feel like you've been born again, you're holy, clothed in Christ, filled with his spirit, and you cussing? How many of y'all know that don't that don't that don't that don't no, that ain't right? That don't even line up right. How you gonna be blood bought, spirit filled, using the words of the devil in your house? So men, when you angry and you you got rage and you 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 got filthy lips, and you expect your wife to submit to you, you got another thing coming because that ain't gonna work, brother it ain't gonna work brother me and your love should be seen and heard and felt every day let me say it again seen heard and felt every day that lady should feel like man i, I know i got a good man and see brother when you're weak when you're not a good leader, but you but you show that you love her, she's gonna, she gonna be there for you. She's gonna give you time to grow up. Cause she's gonna know what this boy, this man loves me. This man loves some me. So if you if so 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 if your man kind of weak, kind of slow, kind but you know that man loves you, I guarantee, me, brother. I'm trying to get tell you something. And see, brothers, you—you you, she can't even think that you showing another woman more love than you showing her at the office, at work, on the job, somewhere in the street. At the end of the day, you—she needs to be secure that your love is number one. Ooh, number one. That man, that that woman should know that the love of your mama don't equal her love. Grandmama, whoever raised that. Brother, you need to make sure that that woman in your house who is attached to you for life knows that she got your number one love after God. She is at the top of the list. And again, this is agapeo. This is or or agapayo. This means that I'm going to show it. I'm going to demonstrate it. Guess what, man? That mean that you can cook and take the plate to her too. All to me. I wish I would have had a lady say, "Amen." On that's right, Pastor. He can bring the plate to me too. Vacuum that floor. Pick them socks up. Clean that kitchen. Amen. Wash them clothes. Separate them clothes. Separate whites from colors, man. But you know you you but you, you but you but you working on that thing, man. You are you are demonstrating love to that woman. And then you're gonna cut the yard, do the hedges, or pay somebody to do it for you. whatever needs to be done, take care of the cars, car wash, fill it up. Do you going you're gonna you gonna, gonna work for that that love, brother. You're gonna demonstrate it. that's what when he says husbands love your wife that's what he meant demonstrating love now look well i'm gonna tell you one more time if you're dating a brother that's weak and you can't you don't see none of that when y'all dating guess what you really ain't gonna see it when you get married because most people present the best of themselves when they date when you jump the broom and go home with them, everybody gone, everybody, everybody the wedding gone, and you in the house with that brother by yourself, you then gonna see the real brother. That's gonna be the real brother right there. You're gonna be like, What what? Where you come from? <laughs> Cause that ain't what I've been dating. So Christianity brings balance to the household. A loving husband, submissive wife, loving husband without being harsh. A wife who can be patient, kind as she submits. All is just a balance. So the husband is being taken care of, the wife is being taken care of, the wife is being taken care of, the husband. Is being, so it, it's, just a, it's just an interlaced relationship that brings the whole. Man, the Word of God is so good. Amen? It's so good. If you apply these virtues to your marriage, submission, loving, man, that marriage is going to be right on time. It's going to be a great marriage. Amen? It's going to be a great marriage. All right, so let's read down just for a moment, and I'll be finished. Let's let's, um, go to verse... uh, 10. let's drop down a little bit so you put on a new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of it's Creator. in other words you, you're saved you, you, you have this new self and these new qualities and the more you learn the more knowledge you get about the Lord you add that to yourself you add that to the way you behave and conduct yourself in the home and outside the home let's keep going verse 11 so Paul is saying, there's no Gentiles, no Jews, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all, and is all in all. In other words, we're all one. We all are the same in Christ. See, that's what he's trying to show us. And and even though women, you are not a second-class sister, you are the same as your husband. But God has just said, I just want him to lead you. But you're, he's not better than you. I just want you to. I just want him to lead. That's my order. Verse 12. Therefore, as God's Holy, lovely, dear children, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Keep going. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Continue. And over all these virtues, put on what? Love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We've already talked about these things. Let's continue. Verse 15 let the peace everybody say let the peace everybody say it again let the peace rule in your hearts everybody say this i need to let peace rule come on you gotta in other words when i'm fighting when i'm blowing up the house somebody got to be mature enough to say be quiet stop arguing stop fighting and let peace rule stop cussing stop stop all that being bullshit let peace rule. So if I need to shut up and just go to another room for a minute or two or an hour or two, I need to just stop. Look at somebody say, somebody gotta stop. Come on, say somebody gotta stop. Somebody gotta let the peace rule in the house. Let's keep going. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's keep going. I'm I'm gonna skip through that. Let's keep going. Sixteen. Let the message of the Word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Let's continue. So you got to let the Word, you got to be in the Word. You got to be in the Word to make, to, to have this to work in your life. Continue. 17. I want everybody to read this with me, verse 17. Read. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, in other words, whatever you do, if, if you're loving your wife, if you're submitting to your husband, whatever you're doing in the household, whatever you're doing— how do you do it? Do it all in what? The name of the Lord. In other words, whatever you're doing, it should, bring, it should bring glory to Christ. If you're loving your wife, it should bring glory to Christ. If you're submitting, it should bring glory to Christ. Whatever you're doing in the house, it should bring glory to to Christ. See, we look at these things and say all this means for outside the home. No, no, we got to start in the home. How are you going to be right outside the home and blow up the house on the inside every day? You got to be right. You got to have peace in your house. So whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everybody just lift your hands right now and say, Thank you, Lord, for everything you have given me. Thank you. If I'm single, thank you, Lord, for keeping me in my singleness. If I'm married, thank you, Lord, for my spouse. If I have children, thank you, Lord, for my children. Come on, everybody say, thank you, Lord, for every blessing in my house. See, we got to start being thankful to God for everything that he has graced us with. That changes your mind. Changes your heart. You got to become a thankful believer. Now I see all these little children running around now. Every, every mom and daddy should be thankful for those little lives. Amen. If you have a spouse, you should be thankful that someone is sharing your life on that level. If you don't, but, and you're single, you should be thankful that you know the Lord. And, and he's filled you with his spirit. And he's favored your life. You should be thankful. One more time. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for every blessing, every good thing in my life, it all comes from you. Amen. Amen. Everybody say family matters. Love and submission. If you do a God's way, you're going to succeed. How many of y'all believe that today? Amen.